Chala, Perik Dalid, Mishnah Zayin, 4-7. This mission will discuss certain halachas that apply to a land called Surya, which roughly speaking geographically is modern-day Syria. Um, and we'll have two different dinam. We'll discuss the halachas regarding Trumas and Maestris, and then also regarding Chala. So, just a moment of background here. When the Jewish people expand the land of Israel by conquering additional territory, that land can also be invested with Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, meaning the borders of Eretz Yisrael can change and it can grow. Now that is possible when that conquest has the status of what's called Kibush Rabim, a national conquest, which means it's done um, by a king or even by a shofet or a navi with the sanction of the majority of the Jewish people, the Zanhedrin, etc., are behind it. So then when the land expands, the geographical borders expand, so then um, the Sanhedrin can invest that additional land with Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, and it becomes Eretz Yisrael Medoraisa. That's called Kibush Rabim. However, if a Jew, or even according to many, if even a single Shevet, not more than one Shevet, meaning not the whole, the rove, not the majority of the people, just a portion of the people, um, conquer some private territory, and then allow, let's say, you know, politically speaking, to be part of Israel, Jews can live there, that Kibush Yachid, a private conquest, does not have the status of Eretz Israel. That means even though Jews are living there, even though perhaps the territory is contiguous, etc., it doesn't matter. Since it doesn't have the status of Eretz Israel, it just it's land that's lived on by Jews and maybe owned by Jews, but not Eretz Israel proper, which would mean the halachas of Eretz Israel wouldn't apply to that land. Now, David Melech, he conquered the northern lands just to the north of Israel, um, which are called Surya, but he did it prior to the national conquest of the entire land of Israel, meaning before, while there were still um, some of the seven Canaanite nations living in the land of Israel, for example, the Yabusi, the Jebusites, were still in Jerusalem. And for that reason, uh, based on another Pasuk and Alibud and Safri, it's too early to expand the borders, and any conquest that David Melech did, even though he was a king, even though he had the sanction of the Sanhedrin, it doesn't matter. It has the status of Kibush Yachid, and therefore, the land of Surya is not Eretz Yisrael in any way. Jews are living there. It's controlled by Jews. It's politically part of the nation-state of Israel, if you will, um, but it doesn't have Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael because it's a Kibush Yachid. It's a private conquest that David did prior to his national conquest of the whole land of Israel, moving the, the seven nations. That being the case, Midoraisa, the land of Surya, is totally Chutz Laaretz, and it doesn't, none of the mitzvahs apply to it. However, Midorabanan, it's like Eretz Israel in certain ways, um, for obvious reasons, right? It, it's, it's lived on by Jews, it's controlled by Jews, Jews are there, so we have some halachas that apply to it. Now, according to the Bartanura, who we'll go with first here, the machlokas we have here in our Mishnah is between two Tanaim, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Eliezer, excuse me, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Gamliel, is whether Chazal applied the halachas of Eretz Yisrael entirely to Surya. They meant like Eretz Yisrael, Madura Banan, if you will. Uh, that's what Rabbi Eliezer holds. He says, yes, they did. Whereas Rabbi Gamliel said, no, they didn't. They only did it in certain, certain aspects and not in other aspects. So that being the case, um, our Mishnah will first discuss the question of someone who is living in Surya, he's a Jew, but he's an, he. This character in our Mishnah here is an aris. He's a sharecropper, which means he's entitled to a portion of the yield 
of the ground which he works, but the ground itself is owned by a non-Jew. So, according to Rabbi Eliezer, as the Bartner explains it, he will hold that since it's Surya, we treat it as Eretz Yisrael, Midrabun in all respects, and in Eretz Yisrael, um, we hold, and that's what these Tanaim hold here, that Ain Kenyan, there's no way for a non-Jew to acquire land in Israel that would exempt it entirely from Trumas and Maestras. So that means that in Chutzlaretz also, um, in Surya, since we're treating Surya as Eretz Yisrael, according to Rabbi Eliezer, so the produce there, if a Jew does the Gemar Malacha, if the Jew does the Meruach, the finishing of the processing of the harvest, which is the case, would be the case, if we're talking about an Aris, a sharecropper, so then that produce is subject to Trumas and Maestras. And therefore the Mishnah will say, Yisrael Shahayu Arisen L'Nochrim B'Surya. Jews who are working as sharecroppers for Gentiles in Surya. Again, this means that they are Jews that are living on the land of a Gentile and harvesting his crops, and they will get a portion of the yield of those crops for their work. That's what a sharecropper is. So Rabbi Eliezer Mechaev Perusayim B'Maisrus U'Bashviyas. Rabbi Eliezer holds, since Surya has all the dinam of Eretz Yisrael, this is a case of a non-Jew owning land in Eretz Yisrael, Midrabanan, if you will, and therefore... Um, if a Jew finishes the processing, which is the case of an artist, it's subject to halachas of maestras, meaning and trumas as well, as well as shvias shmita halachas. Rabban Gamliel Poter. Rabban Gamliel disagrees. He says no. When they ascribe the halachic status of Surya to be similar to Eretz Yisrael, it was similar in certain ways, but not in that way. We're not so strict. We don't go so far. And unless um, the Jew owns a land entirely in Surya, produce from that land will be exempt from Trumas and Maestras. Okay, that's how the Baratunur understands it. Um, now I'm going to give the Pshat not according to the Baratunur, and the reason I'm doing that is because the Halacha follows the Rambam, here not like the Baratunur explains it, and so the, this is a little different. This is the Rambam and the Yad, and also um, the Rambam, has, there's two versions of the Parish Mishnayis, um, the latter version, the Madura Basra, the second take, um, which Lahora was done after the Rambam did the Yad, so it also goes this way as well. According to the Rambam and the Lalacha Shulchan Arach, etc., this is in Shulchan Arach itself, not just, not just the Rambam, the Machlokas here is not whether or not Surya is like Eretzrel in all respects. That's what the Bartonur says, but the Rambam says here the Machlokas is really localized to the issue of an aris. Um, that is to say, according to the Rambam, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Gamliel are arguing over specifically the aris case, but they would agree, they both would agree, that in Surya, if it was land that was owned by a Jew, everyone agrees that it needs to have Trumas Amaisris, and if it's not owned by a Jew, then it's not subject to Trumas and Maestras. Meaning they would say, unlike what I said before, if a non-Jew owns land in, Eretz, in, in Surya, it's a totally exempt from tithes, even if a Jew finished the processing. The question is, in our Misha, what's with an Aris? An Aris is something in the middle. An Aris is a sharecropper. He doesn't own the land, but he has like a share in the yield. So the question is, do we look at an Aris as being a partner, a shutaf, 
in the in the harvest, and that in the case is a partial owner, and therefore perhaps will be strict, or do you look at him as a, a lokeach, like someone who's sort of purchasing produce from the non-Jew, in which case it's non-Jewish pro- produce through and through, and will be exempt. Rabbi Eliezer, who's strict here and requires Trumas and says that a, according to how the Rambam understood it, says that the Aris is a shutaf, is a partner with the non-Jew, and that in the case he has partial ownership, and that in the case we're strict. And Rabbi Gamliel says, no, he is a lokeach, he's a purchaser, and therefore he has no ownership in the land itself, and therefore the Aris working in Surya, his heroes are totally exempt from Trumas and And that is the halacha like Rabbi Gamliel, that they're totally exempt in Aris. And that would be true, true for anybody who's working on the land of a of a non-Jew in Surya, not just an Aris truth is, but also like a, a choker and a makabal and a socher, a renter and a, a, a itinerant worker and a, um, someone who's leasing the land, yeah, etc. So all those, tenant farmer, all those people would be exempt. The produce that they get in Surya would be exempt from Trumas and according to Rabban Gamliel. That's how the Rambam explains it. And the Halacha. The second part of the mission now talks about the question of taking challah for dough that was made in Surya. So for here we have the question of how do we look at Eretz Surya? Is Surya um, when, actually I'd say like this. The rabbi said that the land outside of Eretz Yisrael is tummy. The land and even the airspace is tummy. And because of that whenever you take challah automatically the challah will be tummy. As we'll see in the next Mishnah, that being the case, the rabbi set up that, for reasons I'll explain in the next Mishnah, when you take Chal and Chutzlar, since it's Tama, you'll have to take Chal twice. More on that later. The question is, what's with Surya? Did the rabbis treat Surya like Chutzlar, making its land Tama, and therefore, when you take Chal, you'll have to take Chal twice, like anywhere else in Chutzlar, as we explain in the next Mishnah? Or do we say, no, it's treated like Eretz Yisrael, meaning that it's not tummy, and therefore one taking of challah would be sufficient. Now, according to the Bartanura, this machlokus is really straightforward. It's the same machlokus again. According to the Bartanura, the machlokus was Rebeliezer held that Surya is like Eretz Yisrael in all respects. And that being the case, it's Pashat that he would hold that Surya is Tahor, and therefore you take just one challah, and that's sufficient. According to Rebbe Liel, um, they so to speak, picked and choose, and they chose that it should be Tame, and that being the case, you'll have to take twice your challah. Okay, so now the Mishnah inside reads, Rebbe Gamliel Omer, Shtei Chalos Basuria. Rebbe Gamliel holds that Surya is Tame, and therefore you'll have to take two challah twice from Do in Surya, as I'll explain more in the next Mishnah, and Rebbe Eliezer Omer, Chala Achas, Belezer says one challah is sufficient since it's treated like Eretz Yisrael entirely, Midrabanan, it remains Tahor, and one challah is sufficient. The Mishnah continues on now to just say, as an interesting side point, it says, Achsu Kulo Shalrabin Gamliel, Vukulo Shalrabin Eliezer. Initially, there was a split amongst these Tanaim, and the people living and working in Surya went Lakula, they adopted the leniency of Rabban Gamliel in. In the in his case, meaning Magliel's case, said that that uh, it's exempt from Trumas and Maestras, so they agreed to that, and they did not take Trumas and Maestras in Surya, a land that they worked on. 
And they also adopted the leniency of Rabbi Eliezer, meaning that when it comes to challah, they took one challah only, and that was sufficient. And they did that initially thinking that was acceptable, you know, picking and choosing. And later on, they learned that that's totally inappropriate. There's a Gemara in Erevin, Davav, Amad base, 6b, which speaks out that if a person picks the picks and chooses kulas from Basil and Beishamai, so he, he adopts the kula from both sides, so then he's called a Russia. It's called an um, evildoer. And also for the record says if a person chooses the chumras um, of both sides of a machlokas, so then he is likened to a ksil v'cheshecholech, he's like a, a fool walking in the dark, it's foolish to pick the chumras of both directions, one should pick one sheet or the other, in the case of Basil, Beishamai, Basil, Zalacha. In any case, they were not at their druthers to choose the leniencies of both Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer. And therefore, Chazru Linhog Kedivrei Rabban Gamliel Beshtei Drachim. Subsequently, they changed their practice that they followed Rabban Gamliel in both matters. That is to say, when it came to Trumas and Maestras, they were lenient and didn't take it. And when it came to Chala, they were, they were uh, strict and took Chala twice. As I'll explain more in the next Mishnah. And the halacha indeed follows Rav Gamliel in both matters, and so therefore what they adopted was and is the halacha, and indeed that is how the Shulchan Aruch itself uh, also poskins.